It's obviously Communion Sunday. It's VBS Sunday. It's Sabbath Sunday. We're in a series um, on the Ten Commandments. It gets confusing because we're in a the series. It's really kind of complicated. We got t- we're, we're covering the Ten Commandments, but then we were covering them through Jesus's eyes because he says he sums them up all the Ten Commandments in the, in the two in two commandments: love God with everything you got and love your neighbor. So love other people and love God. Um, have you ever been to a place where you automatically wanted to take on whatever you were witnessing? You wanted to, you wanted to have your life transformed and you wanted to start doing whatever you were seeing, whatever you were experiencing. Have you ever been there? That's kind of, um, 90s, late 90s, early 2000s. I'm walking into the student's house. His name's Phil Hover. He's a super nerd. He has his computer plugged into his stereo. And before that, I had never seen, you know, this was back, he was running like a 286 or something like that. It was, it was, it was like, you know, you would crank it and you would dial stuff. You'd wait for like 20 years. But he had his stereo and it was, it was plugged into his computer and I walked into his room and there was music coming out of his computer over his stereo. And this was the days of Napster. Does anybody remember Napster? Napster was the bomb. I don't know. <laughs> Sorry it broke all these laws, but the one thing, a, here's a separate little sermon, a little freebie. Napster was awesome because there was people walking around with these digital audio recorders, DAT, DAT recorders, and they would go to concerts and they would record them and then they'd put them on their computer. And once you were on Napster, you could share all these concerts. So I was going to all these. Anyway, that's the separate sermon. That's another day. I go into this kid's house and I walked out and I remember thinking, I got to, I want to listen to music through my computer. And from then on, I've had a stereo plugged into some computer or something like that. The Hebrew people have this practice and it comes from the Ten Commandments and it comes from, it comes from like the fourth or fifth. And let me read it to you. Um, it says in Exodus chapter 20, remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work. But the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. You shall not do any work. You, your son or your daughter, your male or your female slave, your livestock or the alien resident in your towns. For in six days, the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea and all that is in them, but rested on the seventh. Therefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and consecrated. It's the only day that the Lord blessed, gave his blessing, has said. God worked for six days and then he kept working, but his work looked different. His work took on the form of resting. He was doing something. His resting is an action. And so I, I read this book over the summer, or actually it's in the spring. It was by Walter Brueggemann. It's called Sabbath as Resistance. And I keep buying them and giving them away, so I don't have one. But Go out and read the book. I really recommend the Sabbath is something this town needs. 
The Sabbath is something that I need. The Sabbath is entering. And then I just running on the kick. I kept reading. So I read this book by a, a, a Jew guy, uh, a, a Hebrew. Yeah, yeah. A Jew guy. Abraham Joshua Heschel. It's amazing too. But it, he says in this book that the Sabbath as set up by God is a way to experience eternal life once a week. We can enter into God. We can enter into his presence. We can enter into his peace by simply joining him. And in, in Sabbath as resistance, Brueggemann says it's actually the transition. It's the transition commandment. Because the beginning, it starts loving God. You know, it starts all about your relationship with God. And then the last half is all about loving people. And the Sabbath is both. We love God and we experience God. But then we are a witness to the world if we rest. Have you ever been to an Amish town? You experience this. Resting is countercultural. Everyone's going, going, going. And if we're marked as a people that don't go all the time, but stop once a week and spend time with our maker, we become extremely different from everyone around us. It becomes our, our, our light, our beacon. Wow, those people are experiencing something totally different. I want a piece of that. That's not even what this sermon's about. Because <laughs> this is all in preparation because Jesus does a, a miracle on the Sabbath. But I, I felt like I couldn't leave that out because I think we need to hear this. We need to think about this. We need to be challenged by this. We need to be resting. And it's interesting that culture is leading the way and the church is following. If you read in Rolling Stone magazine and all these hippie magazines, you know, all the tree huggers are experiencing this. Simplicity is the new rage. People are getting rid of stuff. People are getting rid of their computers. People are getting rid of their TVs. They're getting out into nature. They're living in yurts. I don't even know what a yurt is, but there's people living in them. <laughs> and what they're hungering for is what God designed way at the beginning. God is the only being, creature, realm that can scratch this itch. And we just need to point it out and say, this is actually a call for you to get back to God. I'm dry. Does anybody have any water? Sorry. Thank you very much, Ann. Round of applause for Ann. By the way, with this mic, I can go anywhere. It's awesome. Blake, how you been? Good. Robert? Still awake? Okay, good. It's my litmus test. We're opening up to Mark, and we're chapter 2. And Jesus is on the Sabbath. This is the Sabbath day, and he's walking around. He's just healed a leper. He's just healed a paralytic. He's just been questioned about fasting. 
It's the only thing I haven't undermined in here. Okay, perfect. This is Mark chapter 2, verses 23, and all that stuff is still correct. He's done all this healing. He's done all this, and he's just starting to preach. He's, he's, he's about to bust open his preaching, and he says this, and Mark writes this on chapter 2, verse 23. Thank you so much, Ann. No, this is perfect. Room temperature, too. It digests faster. William, I'm glad you're here, man. We just went to Thailand together. Last week, I was coming home from Thailand. So if I'm a little more scattered, it's because of jet lag. Have you ever been to jet lag? The place is crazy. Okay. One Sabbath, he was, he was going through the grain fields, and they made their way. And as they made their way, his disciples began to pluck heads of grain. The Pharisees said to him, look, why are they doing what is not lawful on the Sabbath? And he said to them, have you never read what David did when he and his companions were hungry and in need of food? He entered the house of God when Abiathar was high priest and he ate the bread of the presence, which is not lawful for any but the priest to eat. And he gave some to his companions. Then he said to them, the Sabbath was made from humankind. And not humankind for the Sabbath. So the Son of Man is Lord even of the Sabbath. Now here's Jesus. He's practiced the Sabbath more more weeks than not. He was a Hebrew. And he's walking around with his disciples. The disciples start picking off grain and start eating. Pharisees. They know how good the Sabbath is. They remind Jesus. They say, you don't do that. God said back in Exodus chapter 20, he rested so we rest. Notice Jesus doesn't say not to celebrate the Sabbath. Jesus says, wait a second. You remember David? David back in the day, he ate on Sabbath, and he ate priest food, and he wasn't a priest. What Jesus is saying right there, and this text isn't about the story. This text is about Jesus. The story has a main point, and I'll get to that in a second, but more than the main point, this this text is about Jesus. Jesus just said right there, I'm a Davidic king. You remember David? I'm of his kind. He picked it. I can pick it. And then he says this. The Sabbath was made for humankind. Not humankind. For Sabbath. No matter how good the Sabbath is, it's a rule. It's a law. It's a tool. Humans are always more important than religion. Humans are always more important than religion. 
I'm, impre- I'm a pretty impressive packer. You know, like uh, when, I, when I packed to go to this Thailand trip, I had a backpack that Grace Carter had given me. It's a blue, blue backpack. Little ent- remember, remember that backpack? Nolan? He wanted it. It was a really cool backpack. It was a Jan Sport, you know. And then I packed this little bag. It was about the size of these two plates. That was it for 10 days. I was really impressed with myself. I'm like, dude, I'm the man. But I really care about stuff, too. I care about things. And so I, I intentionally packed things that were excellent and were going to get me through the 10 days. I packed a flashlight Ryan gave me for my 40th birthday. Bad to the bone. One of those underwater things. You can, only, you can see people's bones. You can't. You can't see people's bones. But it's amazing. It's an amazing flashlight. It'll last through World War III. One of those kind of flashlights. I packed this uh, just uh, Patagonia stuff and all this hip gear and all this really nice, lightweight, cool stuff. Now I'm going into Thailand. And I'm going to change the world. And I'm going to go with just this lightweight backpack and I'm, this little bag. I run into this guy named Samuel. Samuel's an MDiv guy just like me. He's a man of God. Samuel sleeps in a room four by four. He's going to get married in October. He works like three jobs. He works from six in the morning to like nine at night. Every day. I gave him all my stuff. He's going to use that flashlight every night. As he walks into his house with no electricity. People are always more important than things. It's one of the major messages of Jesus. These Pharisees don't see it. They see the rule and they see the amazingness of the Sabbath. Do you know what's more amazing than Sabbath? Jesus. I used to have this student. She would always play rock, paper, scissors. And then what would beat everything was Jesus. Rock, paper, Jesus. <laughs> rock, paper, Jesus. Jesus trumps everything. Sabbath is nothing compared to the Lord of Lords, King of Kings, Jesus the Christ. Go to Hebrews chapter 4 and read about how Jesus is the Sabbath. He's not only the ticket into the true Sabbath, but he is the Sabbath. He's all in all. And then he says this, the last sentence is what blows everybody's mind. This is what, this is what eventually leads to his crucifixion. This is when he starts to un- un- unveil the real being that he is right now everybody thinks he's this 33 year old guy doing some special stuff and healing some crazy miracles and that kind of stuff but he says this so the son of man so the son of man is even is lord even of the sabbath he calls himself the son of man now we're not jewish so we don't that doesn't send any red flags it's like whoa that's cool he calls himself the son of man Every single Pharisee, every single Jew that had studied scripture would think of Daniel 7. Jesus just said, I am the second Adam. Have you ever seen that movie, Fifth Element? He's the fifth element. 
He's the perfect being. He's the pinnacle of what God can create. Because he is God. That's a mind blow right there. That's circular. Jesus just said, I am what God created before the fall. And I'm even better than that. Paul talks about it in Romans. He says, Adam was pretty amazing in that he was made in the image of God and then he brought all of humanity into sin. Much more is Jesus, the second Adam, who is able to bring everyone who claims his name out of the power of sin. Right, Neville? He's the Lord of the Sabbath. Now, what do we do with this? I think we pause and we take Sabbath more. But as we do so, we draw close to the Lord of Sabbath. Who the author of Hebrews says is the Sabbath. We seek the face of Christ. We seek the face of Jesus. Morning, noon, and night. And as we do so, we start to experience this life that is electric, that is potent, that is powerful, that is how we were designed to live. We start letting go of things and holding on to people. We start loving slowing down because it gets us in contact with how we were designed to be instead of going, going, going. We start putting other people's needs before our own. I'll close with a story. As I walked into VBS, I had one of those moments where God got a hold of my eyes. Have you ever had those days? Where you just see people the way God sees them. And I saw these VBS students. I saw these kids. And I saw them the way God sees them. And they were beautiful. They're just beautiful beyond like compare. And I think that, as a, that was a direct result. As to, to, from plugging into Jesus. Let's pray. God, I just thank you so much for this morning. I thank you for loving us. I thank you for sending your son to die for us. I thank you for sending your son who is the Sabbath, the key to the Sabbath, and Lord of the Sabbath. I pray that as we draw close to him, you would help us love you and help us love others more and more completely. In Christ's name and all God's people said, Amen. Amen.